Join the Geek Therapy Discord server, which is without a doubt the most active community space we have right now. Get your invitation at geektherapy.com slash discord. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Oswald Cardona, and I'm joined by Brandon Saxton. Hello. Lauren Keller. Hello. And Lara Taylor. Hey. We have not introduced everybody for two episodes. <laughs> I know. Brandon oh. rebelled. I did. I know, I know. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the content that we care about. And that is why we're in the middle of, we're not in the middle, part three of three of Brandon's GT D&D trilogy. <laughs> I'm glad that's oh. catching on. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it. <laughs> it's got a good ring to it. Yeah. So I am, I'm super excited about this episode. If, if you listen to Rolling for Change on the Geek Therapy Network, you may have heard uh, Woody and, and I talk a few times about debriefing after a game, all of the potential that there is there and, and how, like how sad it is that we don't do it often. And right before recording this, I, I spoke to him and I asked him what he thought of what we were doing. He was really excited. And I also asked him, what do you think of the fact that we didn't record our debrief immediately after the game and instead waited a couple of days, but got a chance to listen to the game. And he had some cool things to say, basically, that it's probably going to, we're probably going to have more insights because we were tired, probably, after three or four hours of playing. <laughs> and also, a lot happened and that we probably didn't remember. And so I'll start with that. I definitely didn't remember some of the things <laughs> that happened at the beginning of the game by the end of it. <laughs> so re-listening to the episode was, or to our campaign, was interesting. So, but yeah, today what we're going to do is we're going to debrief. We're going to discuss the campaign that we just played. So if you have not listened to episode 207 of GC Radio, where we play a D&D campaign with DM Brandon, please do that. Go back, listen to it. It's a little over three hours. It is definitely the longest episode ever of GC Radio. Congratulations, But team. also maybe the best? Possibly. <laughs> it's a quick listen, too. It didn't, like, it was very pleasant to just turn on. And I found it much more enjoyable than I expected to re-listen to it um, huh. after the fact, which was interesting. And, and maybe I have more to say about that as we get into it. Both of us that hate our voices mm-hmm. listen to the episode. We did. So proud of you guys. Oh. <laughs> or I listen to most of it. I I've been training for my new job. Uh so I've been going back and forth and had not much time, but in the car I had some time. So I listened to about a half, almost two thirds of, of the episode. I mean nice. it was three hours, more than three hours, but yeah. Yeah. We listened to it. Unbelievable. Brandon, I'm proud of us. I am too. We deserve <laughs> a huge geek therapy pad on the back. Oh yeah. <laughs> After that voice episode where where we talked about this, uh yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad especially you Brandon, you've done this. It's a big step for you. It actually is. I I was very genuine and vulnerable in that episode about my 
uh, apprehension, I guess, about listening to my own voice. So definitely over three hours of it was a bit, but over three hours of different voices. too. That's, that's maybe what made it easier, I guess, is it wasn't just my voice. There was a lot of voices. (laughs) Okay. I can't let this go. Uh, I'm jumping on that right now. How did you feel listening to your, to your other voices? Um, I actually thought it was kind of fun to listen to it. I, in, in the moment, like I actually had a little bit of what's maybe best described as stage fright with the voices, um, Mm -hmm. despite not being on a stage Uh, because just sitting around the table as a DM, like I've silly voices, whatever, they can just be silly, but I felt like I really had, um, I really wanted to be consistent, I guess, when I was doing this, since they were characters that were going to be immortalized in the audio medium of podcasting. And so I, I was a little nervous that I like wasn't being consistent, and I wasn't. Um, when the characters were coming back, their voices were definitely not always the same, but I thought it was just fine anyways. So it was it was all good, and actually, I thought quite a bit of fun to listen to, and the voices were uh, just silly enough, I think, to give the characters a little bit of life of their own. I didn't expect that episode, the the voice episode, to have such an effect on the way, on even the game and actually playing and and the experience. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it'll probably come up multiple times as we're talking. But Mm -hmm. what I'm, I'm curious to know what, how you all want to uh, do this debrief. Um, For me, I'm thinking about like sharing what the experience was like. I don't know. If you all want to talk about like the technical aspects, the rules, how it was as a D and D game, just how it was as, you know, anything you guys want to talk about is is fine by me. Uh, so, I have thoughts, um, but uh, anybody anybody want to get started? Maybe um, how you want to see this play out, what you want to share? I guess my vision for it. Um for better or worse, I guess I saw myself being a little bit maybe quieter for this episode or maybe answering more of your questions if you had like plot questions or questions about things that had happened or more details. Um, what I am most interested in, I guess, and we haven't talked a lot about it, is just the reaction that all three of you had participating in this campaign and whether or not uh, I guess not even a campaign session and whether or not it kind of met your expectations, especially maybe for you, Josue, who has less background playing this type of game. Um, so I guess I'm just really curious, maybe starting there, what were your, if I, if you don't mind me just jumping it off or leading it with a question, what were just kind of your overall reactions um, to playing on this most recent episode that we did? <laughs> so the first thing has to do with voice. It's like, I did a voice. Nobody else did a voice. I felt really weird the whole time. <laughs> I was like, why, why am I the only one? Should I stop? Should I, should I not do it anymore? It was I'm great. I'm just going to try. It, it was great. It was fantastic. I liked it a lot. The only time we did this, uh, again, with Brandon, which, again, we had never rolled for initiative. Like, we didn't do anything in that game. It was just no. set up. It was like, it was so weird. Which, by the way, it will be available for nice. Patreon supporters as a bonus. Because I, we keep bringing it up, so <laughs> it's it's there, uh, it's there now. Um, but yeah, that felt I felt really. I guess I had stage fright too. I felt real uncomfortable okay. <laughs> doing the voice, but I I tried to stick with it when I it, remembered. It was good, Josue. I think you sounded like you, but a gnome. Like it was you sped <laughs> up and like, <laughs> uh, and and kind of just like repeating yourself and it was good i liked it i think for me i get too self-conscious about the role-playing part of it that i still have a hard 
time getting into the role and I feel weird at times. And this is me jumping back in after 10 years Mm -hmm. that I don't do voices. I I rarely did voices. I did speak like in the past I have spoken in the cadence and and the tone that my character would. But this time around, I tried to. There was some stuff in my character sheet about talking to everyone that's an idiot very slowly and I forgot about it and then I would throw it in there like it would be it was something along the lines of I speak very slowly to idiots and that is everyone around me (laughs) Uh, so um I would remember that and then try to do it but as far as the voice I mean grumpy dwarf kind of just gonna (laughs) go with it and be kind of annoyed and irritated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had zero expectations going, going in to, to answer your question. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it exceeded them Perfect. <laughs> in the sense that I, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. I thought like sometimes I've played, I played MMOs in the past and then I, I know that there are role playing servers mm-hmm. and I was always like, what the hell is that? I'm not going to, role play my like as my character i'm already playing as the character like mm-hmm. so i already came in with a vision that those those two things are different and so i tried to do like to, for me it was like combining two experiences like for the first time i was role playing a character by by like doing the voice and trying to do things different and trying to think like the character and and taking you know those random elements that came in i was like okay then i'll i'll that would I would probably do this right. So like I'm playing the role uh, that was that was interesting for me. You can ask me more questions about that uh, later. But then like I was also playing the game, and so mm-hmm. it was the first time I, I'd combined those two, and that was that was cool. That was a lot of fun. But I was hesitant, like at the idea before, but but I was I was under the assumption that. It, it, not only the assumption, I knew that I was playing a role-playing game. Like, this was different. This wasn't mm-hmm. playing a video game where I was playing as a character. What I kind of liked about listening to it again that I got to really reflect on a little bit more was your specific evolution throughout the couple of hours, where in the first couple of interactions, you very explicitly were like, what should I do? Or should I say this in character? Or like, well, how do you want me to handle this? Which were very reasonable questions, I thought. So it was cool to kind of see as you kind of got comfortable with the character and comfortable with the voice and the role playing to eventually just respond in character automatically um, towards the latter half of the session. I thought that was really cool to kind of listen to again. (laughs) And then just come out of nowhere and slash gum gum in two. I mean, (laughs) oh, man, I have to say about that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed um, I, I listened to it. I've listened to it twice, actually. I can't help myself. Nice. I, um, <laughs> I I I did notice for for all of us, there was definitely in the beginning we're all sort of a little like stop and go and asking, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, like affirmations, like "Am I doing the right thing?" and everything. And and you could definitely hear as we all got more comfortable the longer we played. Um, and I definitely feel like by the end. You know, a, uh, maybe a little bit of energy flagging because we had been playing for so long, mm-hmm. but it's it felt like we were really comfortable at that point. By the time we wrapped up, it felt like everybody was like, "Yeah, I I may have been nervous at the beginning, but I'm feeling real good now." 
to me, it almost seemed like we all kind of forgot that we were recording a podcast. And by like the two and a half hour mark, we were just playing D&D. That's what it felt like for me. I totally agree with that. Um, it it ended up being cut out of the recording, obviously. But at the as we approached the one hour mark, I was like paying attention to the time, and I was like, okay, we should stop the recording now and start a new one, which I intended to do the whole time, <laughs> but I only did it the first time because by the time we hit that second hour, I had no concept of time. We were in Fandolin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what what day is it? <laughs> Who, who's performing at the end? I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where's that goulash? Where's that goulash? Mm-hmm. It's goulash Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely agree with that, Brandon. It's like uh, as we got more comfortable and into, I don't know, f- flow space is totally the appropriate terminology here, but it did sort of feel like that, where it's like as mm-hmm. we got more comfortable and we were not second guessing our own skills and and like our choices and everything and just sort of going with it um yeah it felt good so was there anything i want to ask more specifically maybe about the plot um this was an adventure that was new for all of you this is probably an adventure that i think was new for most of the listeners i don't think the official release date has actually even dropped yet just the target exclusive release date of dragon of ice spire peak what was kind of your reactions to the plot um was there anything that was surprising or especially engaging or interesting or things that were confusing that i didn't do a good enough explaining as dm or just kind of opening it up broad strokes to plot-based reactions or maybe there weren't that many thoughts about the plot which is okay too (laughs) um it was it was a pretty typical uh you know first first Mm -hmm. adventure for a you know level one team of people um i you know it's it's basic fantasy stuff there's a a mining town and a and a (laughs) dragon and a weird little mayor (laughs) carbon wester carbon wester uh yeah i mean i uh, i thought it was a really solid background it wasn't too complicated so that it you know it left a lot of space for us to sort of do our own thing mm-hmm. um and i i you know from a game design perspective having it set up where uh you go into town and there's a job board and then mm-hmm. you get to just de- get to decide which job you do first and it ends up not really mattering because you're gonna have to do all three of them before you know next big thing because mm-hmm. experience points and items you need or what have you. Uh, but it, it felt um, it felt like genuine in the moment. We we sort of came in like real hot and loose with our, you know, sort of randomly generating our characters and not really doing much background stuff. Mm-hmm. And sort of just like on the fly being like, uh, okay, we're like we're just we're going to town and, and pierces uh to get more piercing materials. That's that's it. That's our motivation there. And and even though it's like that's so like, you know, pretty shallow as far as character motivations go in like the grand scheme of things, it's perfect for D&D because then it leaves so much more space for us to come up with things in the moment that, uh, you know, wouldn't have made any sense to come up with beforehand. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, it's perfection. And um, I, I, I liked that. I liked 
you know, having having story structure, but not having it so rigid as to make it like this is a game about specifically this story. It's more like this is a game about you guys having a good time and this is some stuff that happens to be going on. Mm-hmm. I liked how easy it was to just jump in and start doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and part of that, I think, is your DMing style, Brandon. I really liked how you flowed with us in the character creation. Like, it's okay. You don't got to have all the stuff. Let's just get mm-hmm. the basic stuff we need. This is what I need. Here's what you probably need. And then let's let's do the thing. Let's just get into the game. And yeah, you flowed really well with out of the left field <laughs> kind of stuff. Like... I remember you saying on the Slack that uh, Gum Gum was your own creation, mm-hmm. and uh, you thought we were just going to kill the goblins, and we did not. And now we have <laughs> Gum Gum 2020, except R.I.P. Gum Gum. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah. yeah, I I want to I want to touch on that too because uh, I before we started recording, I had taken some notes about. You know, various reflections, but that was one of the things that um, I had made a note on that Dr. Baby Brandon did a fantastic job as DM. Oh, thank you. Get you. My, you get my sticker of approval. Um, but the sort, of, the sort of context to that is um, even though technically Brandon and Josue and I have uh, slightly played together before, it wasn't like a real game session and so this was technically our first time like really playing together and it was my first time playing with with laura and so there's always and i think this feeds back into us all being you know a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning is it's like you're playing a game with a new group of people and Mm -hmm. um some of us are familiar with the rules of the game and some of us aren't and and so there's this sort of dance that you have to do as the dm to make sure that you're maintaining a good balance of anticipating what your players need and what kind of gratifications we want Mm -hmm. Uh, looking at it from (laughs) uses and gratification psychology uh background there but um I think you did a really excellent job. You were like, I want to make sure that there's something that really hooks them in the beginning. So I'm going to give them a, a combat thing. Uh, that's also a really great way to introduce a new player like Josue into mm-hmm. how combat works. You have it be, you know, real basic goblins that just fall apart when yes. you <laughs> touch them with your battle axe, your giant axe, great axe. Um, but you, you which, did a, which we didn't, we didn't fight them because you offered them a rock. <laughs> so then right. I was just yeah. like, okay, and then so, I'll offer so, them something. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm talking about is, is I'm impressed that you, you rolled with it. You didn't sort of push it to be all like, oh no, gum gum is, is here for you to fight. And so right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agitate you until, <laughs> Until your dwarf gets too mad and <laughs> kills the goblin, <laughs> uh, but you you just went with it and you let it you let it sort of be its own thing and you 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 know responded very much to what we were doing in a way that wasn't like railroading. Um, it was re- responsive to what we were you know sort of feeling out and you were like flexible about it and that is perfect in a DM. And, also, and now Gum Gum's a fan favorite. Fan favorite Gum Gum. <laughs> yeah, and, and I felt like over the the session we played, there was, and I know, you know, a, a lot of this isn't you, it's the ice 
Spire mm-hmm. Peak game is already put together. But there was, uh, I felt, a very solid balance of combat and puzzles and social interactions. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you actually? I have a question. Did you come up with the um, the idea of the uh, Toblin, the innkeeper, <laughs> wanting us to bring in more business, or yes. was that? That was you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was probably my favorite part. And that was great. Actually, that was you. I just built off of your idea and made it sound like that was a pre-made idea, but actually you came up with that idea by just offering him um, to do that instead of paying for your room. Yeah, I mean, that that is exactly the kind of stuff that I'm looking for mm-hmm. in a DM, in a campaign at all. It's just like I had this idea and I sort of just like, tossed it out there and everybody's like we're on board we're doing this and then because we're cooperatively doing this it's not just my thing anymore like i, I in in the recording i'm all like oh you know i'm holding up pierce and dark feet up <laughs> on the bench and i'm like do strong arm poses and then you guys are like no i'm gonna flip my daggers and dance and i'm like that's so much better than what i thought of like <laughs> you guys elevated this idea and it's like that was all four of us working together now i want fan mm. art of this Oh my God, Laura! I, Jessica, if you're listening, <laughs> I've been thinking so much about like fan art and wanting to just like do doodles and yeah. When we when we started, I definitely did not have a very clear visual of what my character Me really either. looked like. <laughs> but by the end of our recording, I'm like, okay, I want to you know put out like a height chart and I'm gonna do our <laughs> little silhouettes on it so you can see how tall we are. <laughs> and then I'm gonna do a cartoon of me holding the bench up with you guys dancing. Oh, so it so, sounds it. like Lauren's really attached and she wants to play again. <laughs> that, that, I, very admittedly for personal reasons, which boosted my self-esteem. That was the vibe I was getting from mm-hmm. um, from all of you when we stopped mm-hmm. recording. And I think had it not been pretty late at night for a couple of us, it would have been I would have felt very ready to push into the last job that was up on the job board. Mm-hmm. I was I was not ready to stop playing at that point. I was really <laughs> like felt like I was in my DM element. So um, so was I. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop. Yeah. It was right. later absolutely. for me than anybody else. It was absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but then we were all like, mm, maybe Brandon and Josue <laughs> need to go to bed. Yeah, it really. But we didn't want to, so we kind of. Who, who? I don't know whose idea it was. We should have done the last part. <laughs> it was. It was more that like, at a certain point, even though you're like really stoked, you start getting tired, and your brain, yes. it, you just it's and that's it, when it, your characters it, die. Also, or the, the- or it just you don't come up with as fun of ideas, and so you're yeah. just sort of like we have to get through this because I don't want to stop the campaign in the middle of a dungeon where we won't remember which trap we untrapped yet. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the episode I needed seventeen. It ended up being seventeen files. Oh my! And gosh. it almost broke my computer to, oh no. to put it all together. But um, regard regarding the plot, so I'm I'm torn. Um, like I have two feelings that are going on simultaneously. So one was I wanted to move fast, like mm-hmm. through things. I was like, I want to go to the next thing. I want to go to the next thing. And there were some moments where I thought like, oh, no, there's, there's like another thing that isn't the thing that I want to get to. <laughs> but, but I like those things. So I'm, mm-hmm. so that's where I'm torn. <laughs> right. I'm like, damn it. You put gum gum in our way. Mm-hmm. going in and out right oh yeah <laughs> uh there was one point where i was like are we taking the same road again but like are you sure i thought this was north and he was south like, i don't know 
That's but, very well probably true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, He's I got a couple of, of toll booths set up. We yeah, also yeah. only had to see him like twice. Like the first job, we didn't have to deal with him. There actually isn't a gum gum. Gum gum is a title, and we're all yeah. just goblin racist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gum gum is legion. <laughs> ouch. No. Ouch. They're yeah. all gum gum. Yeah. So, so like a part of me wanted to get to the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but then, but I also enjoyed the things that came up. Uh, and then, and just in general, it was surprising to me to have things like the, what was it? The, was it orcs at the, mm-hmm. right? After, after the, after the, the mines, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, cause I, I didn't expect that at all. I thought we were just going to walk back. Mm-hmm. I assumed that the dwarves had just walked back and, and that was done. So that was surprising. And that I, I like that. Like I hate random things, <laughs> but here I don't know what's coming really. So I had an expectation and it subverted my expectation. So that was, that was cool. I really liked that. I was like, Oh shit. To that point also that part when I thought Lara died I was like, holy mm. shit, we can die. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, early uh, on. <laughs> did you see Did you see Jessica, Jessica's comment on, on uh, Twitter? That, yeah. holy shit, you can critically fail healing? Oh, yeah. no. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's very attached to her character in the campaign that we're playing sure. um, here. And so, oh, I could just imagine her thoughts like, oh, no. Yeah. I could lose Yas. Like, <laughs> yeah. One, <laughs> One fun but part I didn't of, die, guys. <laughs> no, you, you did just fine. <laughs> One fun part about that sequence specifically was that, of course, again, it was the machinations of you, the players, that sent the two dwarves back to town. That's not built into the story in any way. And you're just supposed to find the orc on your way back to town. But because I thought it was kind of interesting that you convinced the, the dwarves to go back, I sort of wanted to combine that into the orcs. And have it all kind of play out in one big sequence that kind of just built some continuity into mm-hmm. kind of the the characters and into the world and what was going on instead of just having the dwarves go missing or just pop up back in town again. Have this this uh, motivation um, built into the battle that you were about to to commence with. Very impressive. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Quick was... thinking on the fly, Mr. DM, yeah. Dr. DM, baby Brandon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a lot of fun. Um, ah, man. So one part that I I was trying, my, my thinking, thank you for complimenting it, wasn't so quick as to build this part in, though, because there is some weird mystery that was going on in that temple that you were all digging around in. And there's no, there's like a pretty... Uh, I don't think rich is the right word, but specific um, event that happened there and they describe it, but they don't build in any way for you to exactly puzzle out what happened. So I was getting Hmm. nervous because you were all kind of digging around a bit and like, what's going on here? This is really weird, but there wasn't (laughs) any way for you to figure it out. And another 
part that I thought was sort of silly, if you don't mind me just continuing to tell you what I modified on the fly, was that the treasure was actually built into one of the four columns that was in that room. And you specifically (laughs) had to search one of the columns and pass a specific check to find it. And I tried to bring attention to the columns a couple of times, but it's just so random that I was like, there's no way they're ever going to search these columns. And it just seemed so much more thematically interesting to me that the treasure would be hidden in the altar. So when you stuck in your saber into it, I was like, oh, that's where the treasure is going to be then when she pulls it out. <laughs> so um, here's a funny thing about that. I think the columns was when I had my little flub up, which people listening might not know. I was gone for 15 oh, yeah. minutes. <laughs> um, my neighbor had started talking on the balcony outside of where I record so i muted myself for five minutes and then forgot that i muted myself because i was looking at my character sheet so i during that time i was muted i was like i'm gonna check the columns because you're bringing attention to the columns (laughs) amazing because i'm a dwarf and they're made of stone and i can figure things out with with this with my i had a special skill so the whole time i was trying to check out the columns and I was like, Brand- the whole time I was muted, this is the only part I was like, why is Brandon ignoring me? That is Guys, so I'm a dwarf. I can read Dwarven. What is going on? <laughs> but it ended up being fine. It was great. Uh, but I tried to to follow what was happening. Well and, done with the yeah. breadcrumbs. I think at one point I just said that your character was thinking. Because you like, did, and that was great. She's been gone so long. <laughs> and I wasn't sure where you were. Um, so that was uh, that was my cover for you. So One thing that and started happening very early on was it, it, it was very easy for me to visualize the world. Oh, good. So I was I could see everything. And when we were in the mines... I literally got lost like to the mm-hmm. point where like I didn't I couldn't this happens to me in real life too so I was like I couldn't really picture the mines in the sense that like you're going down one quarter and there's a uh, there's a door on your left and your right and you're going here and now you're on the other I was like what and I said it at one point I was like I'm lost I literally had no idea where I was like I wasn't having fun at that point because I was literally I was like I had no idea where we were going or what I was do- what we were doing but I think it's related to that thing that like I was I could visualize everything and then mm-hmm. and then that frustrated me and, and that's something that's a little different playing like we mm-hmm. are rather than playing at a table where you can have someone draw out a map and you can see where the exits are is that something that areas. like usually like is that a thing people yeah. do mm-hmm. yeah yeah people draw it out there are some people just do it on pieces of paper but then there's also grid maps and yeah. hex maps that you can use for different and and erasable markers and things like that and it is funny because I was picking up on that and the that temple, I think, specifically for the way that we were playing, was is pretty almost needlessly complicated. There was a lot of really <laughs> secret random doors. secret doors and dead ends. So I actually scrapped when I noticed the frustration, what it actually was like and mm-hmm. kind of modified it so that you could more easily orient yourself so that at one point you went through a door that just led you back into the altar room. It actually which, led which you Which really down. confused me, by and, the way. Yeah, I was yes, like, this I makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> at that point. Um, but it was it, there was just a lot of dead ends and really random secret doors. Um, so I was like, "This is going to just we're going to get caught in a little loop here." Um, gotcha. So, that, so that door I broke my brain, out. but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it would be easier just to bring you back out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely could tell 
<clears throat> that Josue was getting confused, and I was getting confused too on some of the um, the relationship between the hallways and the doors. Typically, when I'm playing in person, I I do draw all doodle maps. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I haven't played with a an actual grid map in a long time, but uh, those are those are pretty fun. The, that tends to sort of incentivize like the more math heavy play. Mm-hmm. I feel because then you really actually get deep into the. Um, you know, how many squares you can move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a magic caster, if you're, you know, casting a s- straight shot spell versus a fan spell versus a, mm-hmm. air, a area of effect around you versus an area of effect wherever you cast and that kind of stuff, um, it gets a little bit more complicated in there. It makes it easier to, like, uh, visualize it, but sometimes it makes it less fun to actually play because it slows it down more when you're drawing out everything. Mm-hmm. And moving the figurines around and stuff like that, um, but I did I did notice Brandon when you were you were picking up on that, and so you sort of changed the way you were describing things, and mm-hmm. instead of uh, orienting based on the character's point of view, you were like, okay, you're like the farthest room back, mm-hmm. which I think was helpful. Um, but I do I do say I think for. I think it's probably pretty dependent on what what kind of building you're in, but for like mines and and uh, dungeons with secret doors and dead ends and stuff like that, having an actual map, sort of like the one you gave us for the the town map, mm-hmm. having something like that is really nice. But it does. <sighs> I know that there are programs. I don't know what they're called, but I know that there are are D and D map programs where you can share the map with your players but you get to decide what gets revealed when. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have the full map, but your players can only see the you know the one room that they're in and the entrance hall that they came in through. And the doors that they can see. And the doors yeah. that they can see and stuff like that. Um, because then that allows you to like maintain some sort of, you know, some surprises and secrets and traps and stuff like mm-hmm. that instead of uh, just like, well, you know exactly how big this whole dungeon is and you know exactly where the treasure, the treasure will be <laughs> because it's in this room that's marked treasure room. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think I think that you did a great job recognizing that we were we were stumbling a little bit, and you you reoriented in the way you were describing it in such a way that I, I sort of got the feeling you were like, actually, it doesn't really matter if you understand the physical space in here because here are the important things: the, mm-hmm. the slime, the column, the altar, exactly, and, and the statues, and the statues, the, <laughs> the statues, the statues of fun. The statue, mm-hmm. the, we love a broken statue, and then we noticed a glowing, not broken statue, mm-hmm. and then we break it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to match. Exactly. It worked it's well. The, it's about the aesthetics of the dungeon. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I thought I thought you did a good job with that, and it, um, I don't know if, if our listeners noticed that, but I felt like you did a good job sort of picking up on the discomfort and adjusting for it in the moment without making a big like slowdown, like, whoa, 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 okay, hold on, let me let me explain this, how the map works again to you. Hold on, just let me. Right. Yeah. Fun. Uh, fun. I thought you guys were going to um, do Nomengard as the first one, to be totally honest. Um, I don't know why I thought that. I there was a because we started character. talking about that. And you then, did start it um, by the time we got we actually got to. We're playing uh, the a inn. campaign. We were all like, "We got to go to the dwarfs now." We got to go to the dwarfs now. Yeah, we're playing a campaign where the end res- the end goal is to kill a dragon, and two of the three of us do not want to kill a dragon. Right, <laughs> they want to befriend the dragon. Yep. 
<laughs> so the, of course we're going to avoid the special weapons to to kill the dragon. But we have to do it if we play again, guys. <laughs> I love treasure, but I don't want the dragon to get you know the wrong idea right. about me. Exactly. It's all about <laughs> optics. It's all so, about optics. Lara, you just said we have to do it. I guess. Mm. Do you? You don't have to do anything. Do we? Mm. That's what. That's what I'm wondering. Like now, as I hear you, uh, Brandon, talk about the mm-hmm. like all of the thinking and adjusting and 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 all of that uh, on the fly. And things just like not even going in the way that you mm-hmm. <laughs> you expected or or were even trying to direct. Again, the gum gum example. You mm-hmm. you you told us in the Slack that you wanted to start it as a you wanted to start us off with a fight. Exactly. It wasn't a fight. Not no. even close. No. Just, we didn't just fight for a toll. while. <laughs> I thought there's no way they're going to give four goblins twenty gold with like some twigs and logs in the middle well, of the road. You know, you I, I picked that up on the when I listened to the recording that you had mentioned it the first time. There was like, oh rickety, you know, you know, makeshift <laughs> just mm-hmm. toll that they put together. But I didn't hear that I don't remember hearing oh, sure. that the, the first time. So I was like, oh, oh oh well. And then and then I just followed Lauren's lead. Right. And it was so good. And that's, (laughs) that's just to that point is exactly what I absolutely love about this game is that I just threw that in as a random one off to get the game started with something interesting and engaging instead of you walk into the town, where do you want to go? But and it turned into something that was so much, at least for me, it's so funny and a repeated character of relatively significant annoyance. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's just what's so cool about the game. And to, I think, what's going to be your next question or point brings up, well, where does the story have to go? My style, as much as possible, is I want it to go where you take it and what's natural. And I pl- and I DM in a way that's very reactive while uh, attempting as much as possible to give the illusion that this is what was going to happen all along so as to make it immersive. That's kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because again, just based on this one experience, I got the feeling that, you know, you, you we were looking at a map of Fandolin, but if like we just wanted to like go to the next town over, you would have been like, sure, I would have made it up. It's um, it reminds no, you would going... no longer be playing Ice Spire Peak. No, be playing you're... Brandon's no, you go, world. You go, to, you go to you go to Standolin, right, and it has naturally. an almost identical town map. And a job so board weird. with a job to go to Nomengard. <laughs> exactly. It, it reminds me, as a very quick aside, of a one-shot that I DM'd maybe a year or two ago, where it's this really neat campaign that I got off of DM Guild, I think, where in the beginning you find a villager being attacked by wolves, and you're supposed to save the villager, and it turns into this whole kind of interesting quest. Well, the players that I was playing with attacked the villager instead of saved them from the wolves. <laughs> And and I was just like, that is so irresponsible and rude. Like, why why are they doing that? Personally, I thought it was very funny. But they were arrested by town guards. And so I improvised this whole scene where they're arrested and incarcerated. And they attempted a jailbreak that they were not successful and went through this trial. And so it, it's and not to just say I'm just great improviser, but I think that's what's so fun is if I can just be, like take little things that the players say and then run with it and turn it into an interesting or funny idea. I just think that makes it so much more interesting than regardless of what you say, I'm going to just drive forward the idea that I originally had or what's in the book. 
Yeah, and I think that's like one of the the best attributes of of a good DM is recognizing that although as the uh, the game runner you do have more power, so to speak, in the play group compared to the other players, but that's not really a fun way to look at the relationship in the game, it's much better to consider that the DM is also a player because Mm -hmm. the DM is playing along. And when you frame it in that way, it makes it a lot easier um, for it to be less, the DM is like, you know, telling you a story that you're putting your characters into versus like, we are all coming up with something together and we're all gonna be surprised by the twists and turns. Mm -hmm. And that makes it so much more fun. And and like I said earlier, it's like, you know, you could have a really, really good idea, uh, but once you start sort of improving and cooperating with with the other players and the and the DM at, as a player, then you get these really awesome, elevated, cool moments that you wouldn't have come up with on your own because instead of just one human brain, you've got, you know, four or five human brains working on it. And it's like way more fun and more exciting and surprising and rewarding that way. Like how to deal with a manticore who's trying to attack <laughs> an older adult. <laughs> I, st- I still can't believe it. <laughs> I grabbed the tail. Yeah. I grabbed the tail. You should have seen my ridiculous smile when you said that. I was just like, I, oh, no. <laughs> I, ew, uh, oh, man. I said it, and then I'm like, you absolute fool. <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't remember how much of that was left in the recording, because that's when you lost audio. Yeah, yeah, there. it was part. I think I think um, the the tail part is still in there. It's still me <laughs> me going. Oh shit! It's poisonous. Mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's just really funny. It's one of like the fantasy s- series that I got way into as a kid, uh, m- and my favorite book of that series, A Spell for a Chameleon, has a manticore character on the cover, and it's always been one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I know what a manticore is. <laughs> but then we're playing the game, Bonk. Bonk does not know what a manticore is. So was, as we were Bonk playing, just grabbed. <laughs> so as we were playing, I was looking, I was on D&D Beyond, right? And I had mm-hmm. my, my character sheet, and when a manticore came up, I immediately looked it up, because I wanted to see what it looked like, because I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And and I know that a few times in the episode something would happen and I was like, no, that's actually strength or it's charisma. Or like, mm-hmm. I was like, like making technical corrections. <laughs> um, how'd you feel that about engineer, that? That engineer the brain. The engineer in me. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> how was that for you, Brandon? So uh, the, the technical corrections were good for sure. I, I felt very much rusty in my own knowledge of some of those specific skills and things. It's been years since I've I've DM'd regularly for sure. Um, so that was good to have a backup. And I was a little like, I should have a character sheet in front of me so I can like reference these. But I didn't, or I wasn't about to reach one because I was so engrossed in the game. Um, in terms, you were of, unprepared. Is, I was is unprepared <laughs> as usual. I, I I wung it like most things in my life. Um, in terms of looking up the the monster, that's that's sort of an interesting kind of idea, right? Because it very much depends on the table, kind of what the philosophy is about that. And some games where it's very much a technical 
uh, kind of like where the goal of this game is just to play it the best that we can and almost tactically not a big deal and dms are okay with it and other games they kind of call that quote-unquote metagaming where maybe you might be looking up like the armor class or the hit points and making role-playing decisions based on that mechanical knowledge so then it's sort of just like that teeter-totter of like what's really the emphasis or the focus of the game that can kind of determine whatever the table's agreement is on does everyone just kind of have their monster manual handy or -hmm. do we try to just play based on what our character is going to do without the objective knowledge of how mechanically strong is the monster or creature that we're battling against so it's a a, and it's just totally a preference thing so it is a kind of an interesting question though i didn't even think of i don't even think of playing with my handbook right like if we were Mm -hmm. if we were playing just pen and paper like you know i have my monster manual i have my player's handbook and i'm I'm constantly checking Mm it um is that so, so that is a possibility. That is a way mm-hmm. to oh, play. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Do you all have a preference of how you like to play? Like, would you um, do something like that? I usually discourage uh, when I'm DMing uh, th- that people are looking up specific monster stats. I usually have my uh, monster manual nearby when I'm the DM, so I can show the pictures for that very reason because. Like a mandicore is somewhat hard to visually describe because it's so weird and random. Um, but that's usually just my preference as DM is is trying to say like what what would your character do? Not what's the best decision based on the stat block. But that's just we, me. We usually keep um, a couple of player handbooks on the table, either on the iPad or. Uh, I have my physical book here. Hmm. Um, I don't think any of us at the table have a monster manual, at least not uh, not a physical one. Um, and for the most part, we use the books to look up um, things like uh, different modifiers and things like that, but not necessary or specific rules or like stuff about that we should have remembered about the area that we're in. Uh, not necessarily things like stats on monsters. Um, but then again, we haven't even gotten into combat <laughs> yet right. in the campaign I'm currently playing, but we're about to. So we'll see how that plays. Um, I feel like everyone at the table is in a different place in how they have played, mm-hmm. how they have their level of skill, what their experience with the game is, and what. Uh, like we have, I think we have someone who's very metagamey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and what do you and mean by that? Like wanting to look at the different stats and things like that. Okay. But I think that the, that person will be willing to roll with with things. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I don't know what kind of player. I, like I don't, I don't know what I prefer to be mm-hmm. honest. Like in video games, I love min maxing. You know that idea right. of that. Like you are like fine-tuning your stats for a very particular purpose like oh that's I love my that nephew stuff. totally <laughs> yeah 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 like i'm playing um marvel ultimate alliance 3 right now and you get all these upgrades and it's like a one percent upgrade here and a two percent upgrade here and i'm like there's like tiny tweaks that you're like does this really do anything but if i do some of these and like i love that stuff but i didn't really think oh actually when 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 you mentioned that the great axe was um, like too much for the for the for uh, for a gnome, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Like that I rolled at disadvantage. I was like, what does that mean? And like I, I was completely like lost in looking up what that meant for a little bit. And I was like, but if D&D Beyond isn't telling me, like now I know that D&D Beyond isn't perfect and it's missing a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things. Like it does a lot of it, like a lot, a lot, a lot of it. Sure. But there are some things like, oh, you're a gnome. That means you're small. That means you're at disadvantage with, with a heavy weapon. It doesn't make that connection yet. Yeah. And even though all of you said it, like I didn't believe it because, oh, sure. because <laughs> D&D Beyond didn't allow it. So I'm glad that you, I, I think it would have been a fight <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> and no. if you wouldn't have been just like, I'm going to allow it. And I still obsessed for it over the weekend. Like I kept sure. looking at it. I was like, where is this? People are like page 147 of the handbook. I'm like, but, <laughs> but, but is it really like, is that actually what it says? I was, I went, I, I read a lot of forums this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but D and D Beyond, I don't think is going to tell you necessarily what your advantage and disadvantage is. It on does anything. on some things. It does, but but like not on the character sheet. Like I it don't does. Think it really does. Okay, yeah, cause yeah. It didn't tell me anything. It, well, I'm not wearing anything that would affect my stealth. Mm-hmm. So it did it on my saving uh, throws and on my armor. Uh, it showed me advantages and a disadvantage on the armor. Yeah. Interesting. That's why That's I was like, good. I was like, it's here. Why isn't it doing this with the weapon? And I think that those are just things that they're constantly building in on their YouTube sure. channel. They'd actually have uh, like developer updates <laughs> where oh, they cool. sit down for an hour and like, look at all the changes we're making. So I think eventually it'll be where I personally need it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what, what, what kind of uh, player I'm leaning towards, but I don't know. I don't know yet just my first time (laughs) the geek therapy discord is incredible we've got channels for all types of games and fandoms plus channels for music cooking cute things and emotional support we even have an accomplishments channel where we share wins big or small it's a very supportive place it's incredible i love it i think you will too even if online communities aren't your thing or if you're just a lurker check out the geek therapy discord you won't regret it join us by visiting geektherapy.com slash discord I don't remember exactly where we had this conversation. It may have been in the first episode, but when we talked a little bit about kind of the three pillars of gameplay that the the DM guide describes with the role-playing, combat, and exploration, I'm wondering if for the three of you, for the three plus hours that we played, was there any one of those pillars that kind of stood out as your favorite part of that session? What are, what are the three pillars again? They are combat, role-playing, and exploration. And so it must have been in the first episode then where we didn't have you. We kind of talked about yeah. how yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the DM's guide yeah, kind of describes those and it encourages that you try to pick up on what your players enjoy so you can give a little bit of that for each play preference type, I guess, in each session. And so I tried to include all three. Probably the least amount I included was exploration and the most amount was probably role play, um, which maybe somewhat maps onto my own preferences and biases. But I'm just wondering... If and maybe it didn't, but if any of those three stood out as kind of your favorite part of of what we did that evening, I think I'm more of an exploration person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I managed to do a decent amount of role play in this, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it worked out fine. Combat is probably my least favorite, but it does feel cool okay. to feel pretty uh, powerful, and I critically failed both times i tried (laughs) to use my rapier this time so that was pretty funny and i loved how that worked i can just picture my character being frustrated and trying to pull the thing out all the time um so you may not have hit that much exploration but i had enough fun with the role playing that it it 
it scratched the itch. Sure. I what I thought specifically for you was really fun about the role play was at one point I could either I perceived uh or you were so good at role playing um like genuine like incredulousness about Harbin Wester <laughs> and how he just would not engage your character at one point. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah. I, I I thought that was just so hilariously fun um playing live and then when I listened to it again I was just like this is like so ridiculously fun when I think you said like your your character actually rather said like guys he thinks I'm a dragon like what do I do about this I, I don't know what to do? deal with it. like this is unbelievable and there was, was so much communicated just in your tone of voice that I, I just absolutely relished that moment I, I loved it I loved everything and every time we would go to talk to him I would be like oh this is going to be frustrating like <laughs> my character hates idiots and we dealt with gum gum and Harbin yeah. Wester and like so I loved the just getting fed up and kicking the door and like ugh, throwing my hands up in the air um, <laughs> it was great I loved it <laughs> um, I'm definitely role, role play mm-hmm first um and then i i mean if i'm being totally honest i want all all three represented Mm -hmm. in my games uh but definitely role playing is what i find the most enjoyable so yeah i i agree i think you you did focus on that the most which reflects your own your own playing Mm -hmm. tastes and my playing tastes so we're on the same level there it's great i definitely do like exploration in in tabletop games but i do feel that one it's hard to do that on a on a first mm-hmm. uh, first session because literally all of it is new so all of it is new exploration and not really the like you gain some sort of familiarity and then explore uh, but also because we're not in person mm-hmm. and so it's a little bit harder to to do the map stuff and to um yeah, to be like, I'm gonna go look over here at this thing on the wall. Like, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. It makes it a, a little bit harder to do when we're doing it just through, um, through audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, though that is something that maybe you know, with an online program that we can share maps or whatever, could be uh, supported a little bit more easily. But yeah, I mean, the, the role playing is really the fun part for me. The mm-hmm. the rules. And all of that stuff is just sort of to put some boundaries Mm -hmm. in which the role-playing occurs. And the combat and stuff, exploration and combat, uh, I feel like if you're role-playing that stuff, then it's more fun. Otherwise, it's just just numbers and Mm -hmm. randomized dice rolls. Mm -hmm. But if you're role-playing it, it's much more fun. You get things like, oh no, that annoying little goblin has been sliced in twain. <laughs> and then mm. your your dwarf buddy gets knocked unconscious and you critically fail healing. Look, <laughs> apply pressure. <laughs> Too much pressure. Too, Too much, much pressure. pressure. <laughs> yep. So, yep. So I'm assuming that puzzles would be part of exploration. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, based on one experience, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I didn't enjoy combat because I I hate random number generation. Mm-hmm. Like I hate RNG. So that that just makes me feel uncomfortable. I mean, it was still it was still fun. Like 
in but I I probably enjoyed that the least. And mm-hmm. then um I the exploration part I literally got lost in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept asking, I was like, but there's gotta be something more. Like we have this like what's what's greed is good. I feel like there's a puzzle here. Like I wanted there to be some mm-hmm. sort of puzzle or something more. There and, was. Yeah, yeah, and and you said there was mystery, but when we talked about it on the on, th- on the thing, I think you said like there's there's not. I got the impression that there was nothing else there. You, you found everything for sure. The, yeah. what, is anyone interested in just knowing the what happened in that temple? I don't yeah, think there's sure. any way for you to find out. Um, and my my wait, cr- can I guess? You can guess. Uh. uh- uh, Dazlin and Norbis had already gone in there and they busted that first statue. <laughs> and so they were trying to con somebody in else to go in and destroy the other one so they didn't get hurt. I, I like that idea. Dazlin and Norbis, who you'll meet again in this world if we play again, are very genuine and honest dwarves. They they were not trying to trick you. They genuinely wanted your help. Um, the, what the the Damn, mystery? Lauren. Why do you think so so, <laughs> so negative of people? Look, there were dwarves, and they were sitting outside of an evil dwarf temple. Okay, I'm just connecting now you're these dwarf dots. races. Now you're dwarf yeah. races. You're so, you're no. so dwarfist. You're, you're you're traveling oh. with a dwarf. I mean, come on, she's dwarfist. <laughs> Look, I, I only just made my first friends, okay? I don't know what I'm doing. What's a dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> um, the So Abathor, the, the, the god of this temple, the one hint that you got in, the, I think it was the runes um, that I just kind of made up when you looked for runes, there weren't any, was that he took sacrifices of, I think, treasure and blood. And at some point, the followers just weren't giving enough sacrifices, so he just crushed the temple on them. And then any of the followers that didn't die in the earthquake, he turned into uh, jellies. and mm. Which is sort of interesting, but I was disappointed that they didn't build in any mechanic for you to figure that out. And so I thought maybe you could find a journal that would give you some tips. But ultimately, that's just all that it was there was for you to find the treasure that you did find and leave. And I was worried if I built in like a more intricate plot, you might pick up like pl- plot threads that weren't actually there. And I did not yeah. want to derail this um, bigger story arc that is built into this with um, with this sort of very tiny like, dead end quest. Side mystery. Yes. It would be like mm. thinking Abathor is the dragon exactly like, <laughs> and that's not what i wanted so yeah I, so, I, it just, I, so it was just the lore that we missed out on but we still got the treasure exactly mm-hmm. gotcha i think that was a solid call brandon because if i had found out that the jellies were actually transformed <laughs> people i would have been even more upset about having to kill them <laughs> <laughs> we killed real people i find no. it interesting that the jelly was eating the bones of a dwarf mm-hmm. and it's a dwarf it's my own bones Ew. I'm keeping them. <laughs> ew, ew. Anyway, I didn't um, mean to to, yeah. to sidetrack you on that. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So, so, so I think I, I was very excited about the potential of more exploration. Even though in 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 this one experience, um, like exploring that cavern was confusing for me. But I wanted, I still wanted there to be more uh, there. So, so I would look forward to like. Like, I don't know. I, I want to see a puzzle. I want to see something else. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. And then the role playing, that's like where I'm most out of my element. This was something like completely new to me. 
um, especially just like picking up a character. I was like, oh, gnomes act like that. Okay, I'll try to act like this. And oh, and like, you were so good at it. So though, good. Way. Yeah, I read like a, a sentence. And I was like, oh, they're they're like pretty upbeat and excited. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and and I enjoy, I really enjoyed that part. But something that stood out to me, like I'm reflecting on on the experience, was that we as as a team we like there was no necess- not necessarily a leader. We kind of just kind of did stuff on a whim. And it was sometimes like just the first person who said something, Brandon, just you jumped on it. And then, and then we, mm-hmm. we were going. So now this is where I'm like, was it, was it me or was it like, was it the, the, the character? Right. It's like there were moments where as me, I was like, I don't like that other people are making decisions for me in the mm-hmm. game. I remember it bothering me when I listened to it again, I was like, Oh, it, it wasn't really like that. But in the game, um, like when it, I think, when did it, when did it really, I think I mentioned something when Lauren was like, oh yeah, like so we don't we want the treasure. We were talking about the, the gems. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who made you leader? <laughs> I was yeah. like, whoa. I didn't, like it, it actually upset me in the game, which was really interesting because I didn't expect to ever get upset in the, <laughs> in, in, in the game uh, And then in I'm like, way. whoa, buddy, calm down. We still have our treasure. Yeah, I'm not yeah. letting them take our treasure. We're not giving them our treasure. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And then, I mean, you can't you can't really hear this in the episode, but um, Lauren like suggested that I offer my gold to the manacore, <laughs> and you were like, "No." I was thank super you. reluctant to do it, but I ended up. <laughs> but I think throughout the game, I kind of just like was following along what other people were doing, and I didn't like. It felt uncomfortable to to do that. I think that's why, like, towards the end, like, I don't think it was really, um, it wasn't really uh, Pierce. It was like, Josue wanted to go kill something by the end. It was like, you know what? That guy, that, I was really gum annoyed gum, by Gum Gum. Screw you, Gum Gum. Yeah, I was like, Gum Gum really annoyed me. I don't, I don't, I don't think Pierce is really annoyed, but Josue was really annoyed by Gum Gum. I would love to, I would love to, um, had I known they were going to, you know, slice him in twain, I would have... <laughs> Would have left faster <laughs> in that direction. Um, so those were like reflect- when I listened to the episode, I was like, "Oh yeah, like I don't, I didn't feel it didn't it didn't bother me when I listened to it again." But in the moment, I realized like it bothered me the like the lack of leadership or the lack of not only a lack of leadership but also like a lack of control mm-hmm. from from like my own control. I found I, I found that interesting. Yeah, I think that that that's a good thing to bring up because that is uh, that is a, a common occurrence in D and D tabletop games is having that sort of who's who's going to take the lead on this one, and sometimes it works out where you've made characters where a character fills that role very easily. You know, you have somebody who's got super high charisma and a lot of money. It's like okay, you make them the leader because you know they can get more information out of NPCs or they have more resources available to them or whatever. But in a lot of games, especially in games, for example, where you're randomly generating characters, uh, it ends up being a lot more sort of loosey-goosey about leadership, which is honestly sort of where I prefer it. I think it makes it more fun if one player doesn't have the pressure of always being the the decision maker. But 
like you like you're saying there's also there's also instances in which you feel like well I'm just along for the ride I'm not getting to make any decisions and that that can be really frustrating so trying to find that balance of uh, your your own impulses but then also prioritizing other players experiences where it's like we want everybody to have fun not just I want to have fun <laughs> yeah but I think I think it was like it was the DMing in a way that gave me that impression like I felt like Brandon you were like oh okay then that's what we're doing when only mm-hmm. one person had spoken mm-hmm. like to I, kind of move things along <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but like I wanted to talk like I wanted to talk it over with mm-hmm. my with, with, with my team and we didn't get to but since you had already continued I was like okay then I guess th- this is what we're doing so there mm-hmm. were times when I was like trying to jump in and just say the first thing <laughs> I was like okay maybe sure. maybe okay is this is this how it works is it just like first one who speaks and then that's that's where we're going so that's Interesting. that's actually mm-hmm. maybe a good thing to talk on because I didn't well okay so this is me reflecting on my own my own play style is that um I'm not really using voices character voice and uh, I sort of switch back and forth between referring to my character in third person and describing what the character does versus just saying, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think I need to be more consistent about which which way I'm doing that. So it makes it more clear uh, in audio when we're when we're talking, when I'm saying like, this is what Bonk is saying. And now your characters can respond to it versus like, this is what me, Lauren, is saying uh, of like, maybe we could try this or perhaps this idea or what do you think about this and make it um, a little bit more obvious that those are distinctions. Yeah, I think that's my play style too, Lauren, Yeah, to do that. To me, you weren't two people. To me, you were always bonk, basically. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. is like, because I didn't do a voice and I, I switched back into using first person frequently it it wasn't as clear when i was trying to be like okay like lara josue lauren let's decide a course of action versus like bonk says this and now what does dark feet do and where's oh god pierce left where did pierce go we lost (laughs) pierce oh god (laughs) and that kind of stuff so yeah it's definitely um see but like i don't know how fun it would be if at every at every junction it's like we huddle up and then have to decide. But that's well, kind of it, what I was expecting. Yeah, I think yeah. I think one of those things, part of it is just practice, where it's like as we as a group start to play together more, we will become more cognizant of when we need to actually like discuss options versus when we know we're all going to absolutely be on the same page. Where it's like, wait, this is the fourth time that Gum Gum is trying to get money out of us. <laughs> no, he's dead. He's dead to us. And we're all on the same page there. I'm going to kick over his little toll booth and I'm <laughs> gonna pull out my sword and get it stuck again (laughs) that's what i think of your toll booth (laughs) Uh, but yeah i think um i think part of it i I don't know that i've ever really leaned into doing character voices i think i'm a little bit too self-conscious about uh consistency but Mm -hmm. um i think definitely in an audio format it's it's a lot harder to tell the distinction in what what I'm talking about because <laughs> you can't see me when I'm gesticulating as my character versus when I'm holding my papers and flipping through my notebook trying to figure out like wait where was that note that I took that I wanted to reference right now mm-hmm. it's funny, I started I- listening to uh, a D&D live play podcast uh, D20 Dames which is really cool it's all women playing um, and it's interesting listening because sometimes 
they do voices, but they're just a little off from their normal speaking voice, mm-hmm. um, but not enough to really tell a difference most of the time. But for me, listening to it, it does not make a difference whether it's the player or the character saying a thing. I can kind of get the gist of who is who, but that's me listening to them playing. I wonder, I think that they record live together, though, in a room. Yeah, and they've Mm -hmm. also been playing together for a long time, a consistent (laughs) amount of time. So, yeah, I figure, Josue, like, if, you know, we kept playing this for several sessions, uh, it would get to the point where um, it would be a lot smoother in all of us sort of realizing when we need to talk more and when it's like, oh, Pierce is going to take the lead on this situation 100% and Dark Feet and Bonk will just sort of back him up versus like, oh, this is definitely a Bonk situation. (laughs) When we have our separate expertise and, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, yeah. Well, and then also realizing like, oh, you know, um, uh, I don't have a good example ready to go, but it's something like, you know, if we're in a situation where like at the end where it's like, okay, this is a situation where we're trying to get information and um, maybe get some money off of a purchase. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, this player is really good at having that kind of game interaction. So we'll let them do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can either be like literally their stats are more beneficial for that interaction, or it can be just like, you know, this person's really good at role-playing, talking to a barkeep in a way that is fun and funny. So you do it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that just takes, like, experience and, and practice and getting to know each other's play styles and um, getting to know uh, sort of how the DM responds to <laughs> our own actions and <laughs> response to that stuff. Now, in the first part of this trilogy, Brandon, you, you brought up an example of a of a game you were playing where like like people were pissed like they they mm-hmm. did right it was got really bad and so I was like man like I don't I don't get it now I get it now I get how <laughs> you can get to that point like how you can like get upset uh, like I wasn't super upset but I can see how like you get so into it and you like you mm-hmm. care so much about the story and what you're doing that you could. Because I'm like, why would you, how how could you possibly, like, we're three adventurers on a team. Like, why would we get upset at each other? I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've definitely, I've definitely played a game where people's real feelings were very hurt by mm-hmm. uh, game choices. And it's like, well, I was just trying to play in character. It's like, mm-hmm. you should have known better. <laughs> and you imagine- Your character's not important than me, okay? You hurt my feelings, you ass. Uh and you imagine playing for a year or a year and yeah. a half and someone yeah. makes a decision and your character dies because of that decision. Yeah. And suddenly, Cuts deep. yeah, you can get into a pretty weird space. Um, especially if, if you play in a way where you're really like invested in the role playing and, um, and, and invested in the character and the story. It's like, what happens if you, if in a scenario like that, like a year in, I die, my character dies. Like, you make a new character. Well, okay. Depending. So, it yeah, depends. They're, they're, yeah. Like, I like, can't come over anymore? Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, Go you, home. <laughs> You're dead. You have to leave the country. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you got to go live in the ocean now. Damn. I'm sorry. That's Bye. just how it works. No, I mean, um, I know, like, Jessica was scared about critical failures, but there, there are generally, in most tabletop games, there are several systems in place for reviving a character because, you know, people don't want to die. <laughs> So, uh, 
I wouldn't worry too much. And if you die, we will do anything to bring you back. In this particular situation, the DM pretty much saw to it that the body was totally gone and there was no way to bring this character back. Oh, shit. So, oh. yeah, it was pretty brutal. That's um, mean. So there was um, not only, that for the player who died, not only frustration towards the player whose fault it was. Um, but also the DM. But yeah. also towards the DM for making it very clear that there would be no way to undo what had happened. So, yeah. It, it certainly depends on the campaign and, and who's playing yeah. um, the consequences of, of so, character death. So here's a very serious question. If someone is sliced in twain, can they come back? <laughs> um, it's, Goodbye, gum gum. It's possible. <laughs> uh, with very high, high-powered magics, maybe. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But gum gum. Gum gum. The mystery of gum gum remains to be seen. <laughs> So, so there's actually a whole bunch more that like I thought and reflected on, and, and I'd love to talk about. But um, we're, we're like we, we've gone on pretty long. Going over. So yeah. I have a question, which is uh, mostly towards Brandon, but I want to hear uh, everybody's input. Is so if you were to do this, like we, we've talked about doing uh, uh, an audio podcast, yeah. how would you do it differently? Like, how is this for you? What would you like to do? Um differently in, in this kind of setup what would you need uh are you gonna do it <laughs> all those <laughs> questions uh am i going to do it is a big question that i've been grappling with since we finished recording you don't have to answer um, now but i know you've thought about it yes <laughs> and, and we'll continue to think about it and have conversation about it um what i would want to do differently or what i would need i would if we were going to do this for real i would want to spend a little time uh hammering out the characters more completely the mechanical side um just to make sure everything was on the same page uh, we went pretty uh easy breezy on that and and i would want to have a copy of them just for me to reference um how things were looking so i don't go in so, without my armor so you don't go in without your armor and <laughs> and so things like if there was a question like what skill do i do i add i could very easily point out the modifier for you because I would be and i would stop <laughs> using intelligence modifiers when i mean wisdom or charisma <laughs> or literally anything other yes uh, things like that i can't that. believe i kept doing that i'm just like everything is intelligence right uh, for our purposes this time was right good. The, yeah yeah i agree i think this was just what we needed it was just the level of prep that we needed but if we were going to do it for real that's what i would want mm-hmm. and i think for me um as a dm i don't know i uh, everything else i think i was pretty comfortable with um i i was worried when there was a lot of metacognition going on while we were playing and I was worried that I wasn't doing an adequate job painting a visual of what things looked like and what was going on. But based on the feedback and when I went back and listened, I was actually pretty happy with it. Um, All things considered, I thought it was, it sounded okay. And, and generally there wasn't a lot of confusion as to like what was happening around. Um, I thought mostly it made sense, even with the me having kind of the insider knowledge behind the DM screen. Yeah. Um, but maybe 
I don't know. I guess probably with time, I just would kind of get into my flow a little bit more and, and be a little more organized with like the numbers around me and maybe doing a little more prep ahead of time with stat blocks. I don't think it was too cumbersome and I don't think it was too obnoxious me flipping pages or things like that. I don't think it sounded bad, but I think really just hammering out some of the technical things um, would probably be the only thing I would change. I've never listened to one that actually does this, but uh, like I kept thinking of a soundboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think like that would be really cool. Yeah. There, I know that a lot of them use music. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard any that many with soundboards, but you could do that too. That would be cool. Yeah, like when Brandon said, when da 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 I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I have an idea. Battle music and stuff like that. Oh, love it. When you're narrating, right, suddenly this like the music comes on in the background. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and also give you like a DM voice. I don't, I don't oh know. Oh my that, goodness. I don't know yes, if that's please. a thing. I don't know if that's Could a thing. It, it is now. <laughs> Stop it, Pierce. That would be great. <laughs> Any other thoughts on None for me. What? I would need a I would need a boom arm. So I can be a little more co- like my chair that I'm in is pretty comfortable, but uh, I have to sit really close to my desk so and not move very far. So I would like a boom arm so I could kind of sit back in my chair and have my stuff laid out in front of me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was good for three hours. The com- the chair works. It's nice and comfy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I just uh, we were chatting about the episode in the Discord. But um, before recording this, so uh, we answered some of the questions we got, but I uh, none of us responded to Monkey King 51's question about, uh, did you guys feel like you had to play a character that expressed a role you like to play or a characteristic that you never really get to express? And I just wanted to respond to that um, because I came in uh, and sort of just improv quick rolled my character um i didn't put a lot of thought into it beforehand but since we recorded and since i've listened to it a couple of times and i've been thinking about it more um i've i've reflected a lot more on a lot of the character decisions i made i don't know how much of this is just uh me applying reasons afterwards or (laughs) is actually insight to myself but i definitely noticed that um in my real life right now, uh, I'm feeling uh, a lot of small feelings and powerless, and um, I've been having some health issues lately, so I have a lot of, you know, like, sort of disappointment in my body. And so playing as a character that's huge and who is a monk, so their body is a lethal weapon, um, <laughs> that was really nice. And then also uh, when I sort of jokingly made the made the joke about Bonk not like caring about money at all. It was sort of a one-off like haha that would that that's funny, but I realize now is like in my real life I'm so anxious about money all the time. The idea <laughs> of playing a giant strong powerful person who doesn't give a shit about money and is not anxious about needing money at all is so freeing and I that is definitely something I've been reflecting on the past couple of days is like oh I don't know if I made those choices super intentionally but definitely they are fulfilling a need that I have in my real life right now and it's very nice I'm so glad you brought up that question because 
I was the episode that we did a few weeks ago. It was called, you know, why we why we choose the roles that we play in in games. It was exactly this, right? Like, how do we mm-hmm. how do we see this playing out? In that episode, I mentioned that similar similar to you, Lauren. Like, there are things going on in my life that are definitely reflecting in in how I want to do things. And interestingly, since that episode. I live in Puerto Rico. Like we overthrew the governor <laughs> through protests mm-hmm. and shit. And mm-hmm. it's like I've been feeling for months. Like I'm so that that feeling of powerlessness. I've decided that I'm not going to do that anymore. Like I dare somebody to come at me. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> that's my attitude. So when I chose this character, I the gnome thing was pretty random in the sense that mm-hmm. I wanted to play something more upbeat. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't random, right? Like, I wanted something upbeat, and I definitely wanted to be somebody who fought, right? Like, when we talked in that episode, I was like, you know what? I'm sick of, like, I don't want to be a healer. I don't want to stand back. I don't want to be far away. I don't want to be sneaky. I want to, I want to, I want to fight. <laughs> so literally, I was like, oh, fighter. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to be. Because yeah. that's the mood that I'm in. And ironically, right? Like, we, like, Puerto Rico had the chance to fight and, and win in a way. Uh, but, like, you don't get that opportunity often. And so I made that decision very consciously. I think that it's interesting that all of us are finding things in characters that we very quickly made uh, and put some thought into, but not a lot of thought at first. Um, my character, I, I knew I wanted to play something different. And so the rogue dwarf thing is not necessarily like that I chose. The randomness of getting a sage and and playing a character and, and doing the the background traits and and bonds and flaws and all of that, uh, picking something that it's a character that knows they're smarter than everyone else and wants to keep learning and wants all this information and and can is confident enough to be like I'm smarter than you you're stupid don't even talk to me about it like. I am feeling a lot of imposter syndrome right now. I am starting a new job in a new role on my own. Uh, and it's very scary. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And so playing a character that knows things and, and knows that they knows that they know, knows that they knows things. <laughs> um, that, that they're confident in in their intelligence and their and their skill, um, regardless of whether or not they actually can do those things, uh, is a flip on my current thinking. Because people tell me I know what I'm doing and I know my stuff, and I'm like, no, I don't. This is scary. <laughs> Please, somebody save me. I don't want to be responsible for people's well being. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's been fun. It was it was fun to play that this weekend. I want I want to hear Brandon's response to this because I think that as a DM, you could I'm I'm assuming right you could you you said that you like are trying to make it fun for everybody, but you mm-hmm. could be like trying to please everybody, or you could come in like super sadistic and want to and <laughs> want everybody to you know like at the very least you know have a tough time at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my approach to DMing is generally pretty consistent, and you all experienced that in a pretty genuine way, which is like I kind of described before. I, I, I'm i really 
first and foremost interested in making the world engaging and interesting and entertaining for the players and taking ideas that they have and running with them and building on them to give you a lot of autonomy and make the world feel immersive and reactive to the decisions you're making, not where things are going to happen regardless of what you do, just because, like I said, I came up with an idea or it's in the book. Um, so I I think that probably, at least when I'm in the, the role of DM, my approach probably isn't as reflective of the things that are going on in my life, maybe as much as it is um, in for from the perspective that you're all describing, which I think is relatable and makes a lot of sense. For me, it's just I I like to tell stories, and and being the DM, I get to guide the world th- that is really the story that the three of you were telling, um, and I think that's pretty special and pretty fun, and I think it's a really cool honor to be able to do that. And I pride myself on trying to do that in a way that that is engaging. And, and I, I very admittedly, I felt very proud uh, because I was nervous to DM for the three of you. And, and I felt proud that you were all engaged and, but at the same time, not making it. So it's a world that's just, uh, you know, easier, carefree. There's a couple of dicey moments there. Those orcs were dropping pretty big hits on you. And I got one shot. You got one shot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was only one time where I kind of dialed back the damage just in case. Um, but I, I think that's, that's what's kind of cool is that I can help guide the story that you're telling while also relying on the dice to bring that unpredictability and that chaotic element that real life really has. So I think it's kind of cool. And I don't know if I necessarily answered your question, but you didn't, that's kind of the I'm, approach. I'm not satisfied by your answer. <laughs> we, will, <laughs> we will come back to it in the future. Cause I think, I think there's a lot, uh, like there's a lot of like reflection and introspection that could happen. And like, Oh, for sure. Like, like I want to know, like, why did you drop that thing? Like, I don't think it's just, Anyway, I think there could be more to this conversation. There might not be, but uh, but uh, we can we can revisit in the future. Yeah, debrief part two. Yeah, I don't know if we'll do that. <laughs> this I mean, is great. Yeah, we got a lot of questions um, in the Discord, so and we answered some of them there. It would probably mm-hmm. be good to bring up some more. I liked reading Jessica's thoughts on Twitter after she was fascinated <laughs> listening yeah. to our game. I've got to look for that. I missed those. Yeah, yeah. She responded uh, to the geek therapy tweets. To I checked a couple yeah. times, but but I have to go back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She had a lot of thoughts, and uh, <laughs> it brought up feelings for her for the game that we're playing together. Very uh, cool. Yeah, it was very cool to have people listen to that and give us feedback. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll do if we'll still keep talking about D and D next week. Maybe I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. Like I'm, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm not done. This is going to become a D and D podcast. Oh, no. We're going to pivot. It's a big pivot. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know if we're done with it yet. We'll we'll we can talk about that later. But definitely, please go to the Discord. It is like the coolest place right now in the geek therapy community. I mean, I think it's been that for a while, but like lately, like oh, it's it's just it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> go to the Discord and. Where else can you find us? Just go to geektherapy.com. You'll find everything Geek Therapy related. Uh, there you'll find links to all of our uh, social profiles and community spaces in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know if you want more 
D and D want uh, Brandon to start Dark that. Feet Pierce Bonk <laughs> Adventures. Yeah, <laughs> if you want Brandon to start uh, an actual play podcast, uh, or, or what we could do different, mm-hmm. you know, more thoughts on the on the show. It's been great to hear what people thought, and you know, I'm sure not everybody uh, has listened to it by the time we recorded this. I only gave you two or three days, so <laughs> it'll be good to to um, keep talking about it. I know I've got way more thoughts. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. This episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our Patreon producers this month. Ben, Booney, Jamila, John, Kat, Lydia. And to those of you who have opted out from the shout out, thank you too. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content like the Lost RPG episode we've mentioned a few times, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.